Bible Interact is a group of Bible scholars and biblical archaeologists who promote the Hebraic nature of Scripture and view the two Testaments as one unified message. They explain how they use a first-century approach to searching the Scriptures, and they share their methods and discoveries for discussion and dialogue. They invite your comments and participation on BibleInteract.tv, where you can also find more teachings, self-study quizzes, webinars, and interviews. Shalom. I am Dr. Ann Davis with Bible Interact. In the last couple of weeks, we've been working on, on just two verses, and I'm going to do spend one more week on it. We're in Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1, and let me read you that verse. Leaving the elementary teaching about the Christ. Now, so we're there are these elementary teachings. They're portrayed as milk for babies, babies in the word. Now listen to what we have to leave behind because it sounds very much like strong teaching, but we're supposed to leave it behind. And it includes um, repentance from dead works. Repentance means to ask for forgiveness. Faith toward God, for heaven's sakes. What's wrong with faith toward God? Instruction about washings, which is baptism. Laying on of hands, which is healing people and the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. So, we're supposed to leave these things behind. And that's very puzzling. But the point that is being made is that in Christ, all of these things have been elevated to a higher, a higher ability for us to operate them. We haven't done away with them. They're not in the Old Testament, and now we're in the New Testament. They're, 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 they're still there. But the ability to operate them is, is at a higher level, and we need to understand that higher level. Now, we've done baptism, we've done um, healing by laying on of hands. I want to turn in this session to eternal judgment. The word eternal sounds like whether you're going to get, um, whether you're going to be saved or not, whether you're going to have eternal life or not. And of course, judgment makes a decision about that. But I will show you that I think it's talking about something very different. And we need to keep in mind the higher principle of eternal judgment. Now, judging is simply to make a decision. And Christianity has tended to focus on the decision of whether a person is saved or not. I don't take that away from Christianity. It is there. But they're missing another part of salvation, which has to do with our daily walk. And it's all connected with the Hebraic sense of time. So, let me explain how salvation is connected with the Hebraic sense of time. We've seen that the Greek sense of time is points on a line. If something happened in the past, it's over and done with. Future, it hasn't happened yet. We can only live in the now. The Hebraic sense of time is very different because God created time. It's his creation. And he's in time. So he's in all aspects of time. And we saw that in the creation account, it took God six days to complete the creation. And at the end of six days, he was done. And he rested. It was complete. The creation was completely complete. And yet, you look at me, you look at the world, and you know that there's more work to be done for creation. In Hebrew, there's only two senses of time, complete and incomplete. The creation is complete. Now, we applied that to righteousness. And I showed you that when you first belong to God, he sees you as righteous. You are righteous. You belong to him. If you belong to him, you have all the attributes that he has. And in Genesis 1.27, God created mankind in his own image. In his own image, he created them. 
and his image is holy and righteous and perfect and and everything that is without sin. So we have that in us if we belong to God. And we got it in the beginning when we first belonged to him. We got that righteousness. He sees us as righteous. But we won't be completely righteous until sometime in the future when God will complete the process. Right now is what is important. Right now he's in the process of completing the righteousness and we're learning how to walk in that righteousness. The same thing happens with judgment. So let's do the same thing with judgment. And this is judgment for who will be saved. There are two, two aspects of judgment. Let's take the first one. The first one is who will be saved. Judge to say who's going to be saved. All right, when you first belong to God, God judges you as belonging to him. You have the promise of future eternal life. You belong to God. You have salvation. You are saved. You are saved. You were saved in the past. You are saved today. You will be saved in the future. That's the Hebraic sense of time. You are saved. And now, if you apply that to the second aspect of salvation, that's walking in righteousness. Salvation simply means to be made whole with you know with no sin in you and 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 to be whole and perfect. Okay, the second aspect of salvation is walking in righteousness. That's your daily walk. Your daily walk, you can either walk in the ways of the world or you can walk in the ways of God. When you're walking in the ways of the world, you are dying. When you are walking in the ways of God, you are living. When you are walking in the ways of God, you are made whole, which is our word for salvation. What are you saved from? What are you rescued from? In the second aspect of salvation, you are rescued from the consequences of the world. What are the consequences of the world? Pain, suffering, those are the consequences of the world. So when you walk in the ways of God, you are rescued from those consequences of the world. All right? When it comes to judgment, remember you are judged righteous in the beginning. You will be judged righteous in the future. You are being judged in your daily walk today, which is your your daily walk, your, the second aspect of salvation, your daily walk. That, I suggest, is what is important. Don't worry about the past judgment because... God judged you, and he saw you as righteous, and you belong to him. Don't worry about the future ju judgment. You know, all this Left Behind series thing makes people really worried. Don't worry about it. If you belong to God, you have been declared righteous. You will be declared righteous at some time in the future. Now is what you want to work on, not for the purpose of salvation, but for the purpose of pleasing God and living a life of absolute joy. And I can attest to that. An absolute life of joy. I can't wait to get up in the morning to work work on the Word. I'm, I'm very blessed to be, able to, to be able to immerse myself into my study of the Word. So, Hebrews um, 6.1 says, We are to leave behind the um, eternal judgment. Leave it behind. Don't even think about it. What is the higher principle? The higher principle is to concentrate on the daily judgment when you are judged either righteous or unrighteous in your daily walk with God. Now, what I want to do now is I want to take you into, um, into Scripture and, and show you a few verses that I've, I've pulled out that I think are really important. The, there is a word in Hebrew, and, you know, very often we, we can't, un in fact... We can't really understand things in the New Testament unless we have a solid foundation in the Hebrew Scriptures because the New Testament is a commentary on, on the Old 
and and they're one unified message. You you can't separate them. So you you can't just work in the New Testament and jump to conclusions. You can't do it. You have to be grounded in the Hebrew Scriptures. And that's what's happening here with Hebrews. Is It's saying, let's lay these elementary things aside and move on to maturity. And by moving on to maturity, you're, you are... Um, you're moving to that higher principle. And uh, we learned last time that the higher principle is made possible by your faith in Christ, and through your faith in Christ you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Let's take a look at a very interesting word in, in the Hebrew Scriptures. The Hebrew is sahar. It means a reward. It's a reward you get for work performed. Sometimes it's translated wages. You have to work. Now, Martin Luther made the point that we are saved by grace, not by works, and that is true. The first aspect of salvation, which is to be rescued from death to the promise of life at some time in the future with God, is a gift. It's simply a gift. And it's given to Jews because they're Jews. It's given to Gentiles because they have a faith in in Yeshua, the, the Son of God, the Messiah. It's a gift. It's just a gift. God says, you know, you're mine. And I'm going to make you mine, and I give you the promise of eternal life at some time in the future. It's a gift. There is no work involved. You don't have to walk in righteousness. You don't have to be good. You don't have to know the Bible. You don't have to do, you know, nice things to other people. It, it all the, you know, once you belong to God... He says, by all means, I want you to do good works and, and you know, and do, do nice things to other people and to walk in righteousness, by all means. And you're not going to be able to do that unless you know my word. But that's the second aspect of salvation, which is walking in wholeness in our lives today. And God will judge us for our walk of righteousness or our walk of unrighteousness. Now, um, we looked at a very interesting... Um, verse last time in in, uh, 2 Corinthians and I want to repeat it again it has to do with being delivered and it's the Hebraic sense of time that God is in all aspects of time I'm going to read this verse from 2 Corinthians I'm going to use the word delivered which is in 2 Corinthians and then I'm going to read it again and I'm going to use the word judgment because it's the same principle alright so in in 2 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 10 God has delivered us from so great a death. All right, that's the first aspect of salvation, to be rescued from death, which is the penalty of sin. Everyone who sin is, is going to die. That's all there is to it. That's the penalty of sin. That's, and so, but God has rescued us from that penalty of death, and because we belong to Him. And he gives us that as a promise of something future. We have it. You had it the minute you believed in Yeshua. God has delivered us from so great a death and will deliver us. So we have been delivered, but we will be delivered at some time in the future when everything is complete. It's the Hebraic sense of time. And he is now delivering us. (laughs) So that's our daily walk. That's being not for the purpose of who's saved and who's not saved, but... To, to be made whole, to be rescued from the consequences of the world, to be made whole. So this is the, the Hebraic sense of time. God has delivered us and will deliver us and is now delivering us. Now let's use judgment, okay? God has judged us righteous. When we first belonged to him, he judged us righteous. 
He delivered us by the promise of eternal life, and he judged us righteous. That's how he could deliver us from death. He judged us righteous. And he will judge us righteous. We have that promise. It's a promise. It will happen. Because it has happened in the past, it will happen in the future. It will happen. You will be judged righteous. And when you are judged righteous, you will be brought into the presence of the Eternal Father. You will be judged righteous. And he is now judging you. Not for the purpose of whether you belong to him, whether you're going to be saved, but for something else which is called a reward. Now we can go into the Hebrew Scriptures and look at that word reward. It's the Hebrew word sahar, and it, it means um, a reward for work performed, sometimes translated as wages. By the way, Hebrew is a wonderful language. I call it an artistic language because it will typically have at least two, sometimes more words that mean essentially the same thing. So scripture can play with these, these similar words. They're called synonyms. Scripture is filled with synonyms, although they have slightly different nuances, and very often they're used in that parallel construction of poetry, and you'll get a slightly different um, uh, nuance of meaning in the, with the synonyms in the two different lines in the poetry. By the way, Hebrew, being very artistic, is also filled with homonyms. Homonyms are the opposite. They're two words that, um, are, they're two different words. They're not the same. They're not synonyms. They're two different words, but they have the same meaning. And Hebrew, as an artistic language, can play with that. So we're going. The first word I'm going to show you is sahar, which means um, a reward or wages for work performed. That's what it means. And we see it, for example, in the account of Abraham. Now you remember that Abraham in uh, chapter 15, Genesis chapter 15, had a he he. It took um, animals that he was sacrificing to God and cut them in half. And then he he went into a, a dream state and God talked to him uh, from, from the sacrifice of these animals. And here's what, what God says. He says, um, After these things, the word of the Lord came to Avram. His name hadn't been changed to Abraham yet. Now, after these things is after Abraham made these sacrifices to God. So, Abraham was um, was was making sacrifices to God to to show God his love his his desire to obey God. God had told him to go to this land that that he had no idea what the land was. There, you know, it was filled with all these pagan people. Abraham didn't know, but he trusted God. And after these things, the word of the Lord came to Avram in a vision, saying, "Do not fear, Avram." I am a shield to you. Your reward shall be very great. Now, the reward is the sahar, which is wages. You're, you're going to do work for me, and I am going to, to pay you wages. Not so that you'll be saved, but for something else, which we'll see in just a minute. By the way, this is in a parallel construction. I am a shield to you. That's the first line. Your reward shall be very great is the second line. Now, there's a relationship. So God is a shield to you. Let's, let's put it in, in your lap. God is a shield to you so you can work for him. He wants you to work for him, not so you'll be saved, but because you belong to him and you love him and you want to work for him. Uh, you become a servant. You become a servant of your Lord Yeshua, and you do work 
for your Lord Yeshua, and by doing work for your Lord Yeshua, um, he's the one who leads us to the Father. So you're doing it for the benefit of the glory of God, for, for the Father, and you're doing it through Yeshua. So, so God is a shield. He, he will protect you. And when you go out to work for him, things are going to happen. You know, persecution happens. People say bad things to you. They accuse you of, you know, being in a cult, perhaps. Or, you know, there's all kinds of things that go on out there in the world. Um, and and But God will be a shield. He will be a shield to you. And then it says, your reward shall be great. So if you go out and you work for God, you become a servant of your Lord Yeshua, uh, your heart is committed to God, to doing the will of God, to working for God, you are going to have a reward, and that reward will be uh, wages for work performed. That's what it is. So the your your promise of eternal life is a gift, but when you go out and work for the Lord, you're going to be paid in wages. That's what it says. Now, to, to show you the concept of this word sahar, and, and I, I picked out from Proverbs, the wicked earns uh, deceptive, let's see, it's, wages is a bad translation, it's not in the original Hebrew, it's, uh, er, you know, you earn all kinds of deceitful things that happen to you and bad things will happen to you if you're, if you're walking in the ways of the world. I mean, wicked doesn't mean an evil person, it's, it's talking about people walking in the ways of the world. You're going to take the consequences of the world and then they're not going to be fun, you're going to have a tough life. But, here we get the but, is going to, to give us a contrast. So on the one hand, we have the person who's walking in the ways of the world, and he's going to get clobbered by the world. But, he who sows righteousness gets a true reward, and the reward is our word, sahar. He's going to get wages for work performed. Now, what kind of work is he performing? I think this is really important for you to, to slow down and think about these things. He must not just be righteous. That isn't enough. <laughs> it doesn't say he who walks in righteousness will get a true reward. It doesn't say that at all. Let me read it again. It says, he who sows righteousness gets a true reward. And I want you to get a picture in your mind of the farmer sowing seeds in his field. What happens is if you are walking in righteousness, you are going to... Uh, to to show your righteousness to other people who will then grow in righteousness. The witness, yes, you're supposed to speak the word of God, but unless it's accompanied by a walk of righteousness, it is not a true witness, and it's not a productive witness. If you walk in righteousness and do not speak the words of God, it's still a good witness. The requirement is that you, it, you know, I... I, I explain it as, as there's a light inside of you, and, and, and you have to live your life so that that, that light just be, shines out of you, and other people can see it. They, they can hear it in the passion of your voice. Um, they can see it in your, in your acts, your actions, when you stop to help someone, when you stop to say a kind word to someone. They'll see it, and this is sowing righteousness, and this is what you're going to be rewarded for, is, is sowing righteousness. Now, um, all right, I want to do another one here, and this is in Isaiah. And this will bring the two Hebrew words for reward. We've seen sahar, now we will see peulah. They're both, they're synonyms. They both mean reward, 
that is wages for work performed. And we're going to see both words used by Isaiah. And what's very interesting is you read something like this and you think it's the end of times when God is judging who will be saved and who will not be saved. And this is not the case. It's in Isaiah chapter 40. And that's when Isaiah begins to talk about, um, you know, you've been taken into captivity and uh, by the uh, Babylonians and the Persians are about to colonians. And when that happens, typically in the ancient world, a lot of people get killed. And um, so God is saying, I'm com- comfort ye, comfort ye my people. I'm going to comfort you because wonderful things are going to happen. And this is where he talks about his promise of the Messiah. And he also is going to talk about the Messiah who will be leading a remnant. And there will be only a remnant that returns to the land from Babylon. Most Jews remained in Babylon because when the Persians came in, the Persians were actually quite good. They they were excellent rulers. Um, they gave a lot of freedom to the Jews. The Jews had built themselves lives and businesses, and, and so most of them stayed. Only a few returned, and they returned to a land that had been totally burned and destroyed and had to build it back up again. Those who returned were called a remnant. And um, so this particular verse is talking about the remnant, not the final judgment, but the judgment as to who will be part of the remnant. And Isaiah says, Behold, the Lord God will come with might, with his arm ruling for him. Behold, his reward is with him, that's Sahar, and his recompense before him, that's Peulah. So those are synonyms to, to emphasize that God is going to reward the remnant that have been working, the remnant of the ones who are the servants, the remnant of the ones who um, are obedient to their Lord Yeshua. They're, they're walking in righteousness. They're sowing seeds of righteousness. This is the remnant, and there will be rewards for them. And, uh, and then we see the same thing in the New Testament in Matthew. Yeshua says, Whoever in the name of a disciple... Now, the disciple is the one who's in line to be, a rem- to be the remnant. He's, he's the one who's committed himself to obeying and serving. Whoever in the name of a disciple gives to one of these little ones even a cup of cold water to drink, truly I say to you, he shall not lose his reward. So again, this concept of rewards, wages for work performed is going, it has nothing to do with who's going to be saved. It's going to those people who take the next step to dedicate their lives to God, to, to desire to walk in righteousness, to sow the seeds of righteousness. And then in 1 Corinthians, um, you know, he will receive his own reward according to his work. And that, again, is not to be saved. That's those, you know, it's not a lot of Christians who really dedicate themselves to, um, to serving their Lord Yeshua. Uh, and you can see who they are, and you want to be like them, and, and you want to become like them so- someday. And then I have one last verse I'm going to read to you. It's really interesting because it's talking about the baptism by fire, which is future. And fire purifies. It burns away everything that's impure, leaving only what is purely pure. And that's, for example, how how they uh, make the, the gold. The gold is an ore inside other uh, inside a rock, inside other ores, and it has to be uh, purified by fire. And in First uh, Corinthians chapter three, verse fourteen, if any man's work which he has built on it remains, he will receive a reward. So this is the wages for work performed. And then it continues, if any man's work is burned up. So 
Okay, so that's the unrighteous part of us. He will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved, yet as through fire. So this baptism by fire, I suggest, is going to be the time of the judgment of the remnant. And uh, those who have enough righteousness in them to be purified and to, to have something that comes out on the other end is, is, is a lot of righteousness is going to be part of the remnant. Those who don't have a lot of righteousness in them, their unrighteous parts are going to be burned up. And they're not going to be part of the remnant, uh, but they still belong to God. They'll still be saved, but they'll have to wait until after the remnant performs its work which will occur after the Millennial Kingdom. I've done a lot of teachings on that, I think, on this radio station. And um, uh, and, and the remnant will be part of a final battle that will, will defeat, defeat Satan. So this has to do, this is the higher principle of judgment. And the most important thing I want you to remember is that you're being judged on a daily basis, not for the purpose of salvation, but for loving God. With that I say, Shalom.